Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the podcast series, Mum, You've Got This. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, there are 19 other episodes that you could go back and have a listen to. All of them are equally amazing. There's also an intro episode that you could have a listen to, which explains what the series is about and why I started it. The person I have featuring today on episode 20 is Mia. Mia, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast series. Thanks for having me, Al. Could you just explain, first of all, to give us a picture of your life right now, so what your family dynamic is, what you do for work, and what your partner does for work? For sure. I'm 38. I'm a military spouse. My husband is a helicopter pilot with the Army, and I have two kids aged five and three. I'm a startup founder. My career has been in marketing, and in late 2018, I co-founded IDLO with my best friend and She's also a fellow military spouse and we help small brands DIY their marketing. Fantastic. You have to explain a lot more about what that actually is. So what your business kind of does. I just wanted to know, first of all, what effect, obviously that's um, a relatively new sort of startup um, and what effect, if anything, coronavirus has had on yourself and on your family. Uh, It has had a pretty huge effect. We are a hundred percent online business So we're quite busy, um, which I'm very, very thankful for. But also, um, as you'll hear, my background um, is in marketing and I did strategic communications for government for many years. And now I've been contacted by um, the peak Aboriginal health body in the Northern Territory to do social media crisis communications regarding COVID-19. So that is getting... Uh, really important safety and awareness information out to Aboriginal people living in the Northern Territory. And that means that I'm hot-wired to my device 24-7, as well as trying to run a startup business and now homeschooling. Oh, wow. So um, it's obviously really important work that you're doing. So uh, for a lot of people, the outbreak has had a really negative effect. Um, Obviously, it has a negative effect on everyone, particularly for health reasons, but for financial reasons on so many families are people losing their jobs and or having, you know, hours reduced and all kinds of things. So for you, if anything, it's you're getting inundated for work in the line that you're doing at the moment. That's right. And look, I don't take it for granted because Mm. a lot of people lost their jobs and um and even you know the the partner has lost their job so they've gone from two incomes to zero and we're still two incomes um but i have to say it is quite overwhelming um yesterday i sat down with my son and we finally made some headway on the homeschooling just as my phone rang and then i had to take the call and then he was angry and i felt guilty and it was just Mm. it's what it is (laughs) a huge balancing act and I think everyone's just sort of trying to survive at the moment and just your friends just kind of doing what we can right like to get through and everyone's situation so different and unique and that's just how it is it is that's right (laughs) what about can you tell us about um so yourself pre-children um and from a career perspective as well so what you kind of did from schooling if you went to university and what your career path looked like to get you to where you are now? For sure. So I'm a Greek girl from Melbourne. That's Mm -hmm. where I grew up. I studied at Monash University and my first job out of uni was assistant brand manager for Vegemite. Wow. Um, 
I then moved to Paris and I worked for BIC, the pen company. Mm -hmm. um, they also sell lighters and shavers for two and a half years. And then um, once I was done with that European adventure, I returned home and got a job at L'Oreal working in the Maybelline New York team. Um, I then met my husband at a house party in Canberra one weekend and I just knew I had met the one <laughs> and <laughs> we were long distance for about a year and then he said to me I've been posted to Toowoomba and I'd like for you to come with me and I'm like where? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay that sounds great what's the marketing manager going to do in Toowoomba? Um, so it was there in regional Queensland that I started my first business, which was a marketing consultancy from my dining room table. The truth is, is that my life is very different now to what I imagined it would be. I thought I would climb the corporate ladder and I had dreams and plans to transfer to Maybelline New York's New York head office, like in New York City. Mm. I never imagined I would be an army wife that moves around every couple of years. <laughs> um, I'm a city girl. You know, I was, I was born in Melbourne, but I've spent the last 10 years living in regional cities and five years living in the Northern Territory. Again, not something that was on the cards. <laughs> mm. um, that's not to say that I'm not extremely happy with my life. I am. And that's not by accident. I believe in lifestyle design. It's just very different than what I thought I wanted. It's interesting. You, so you kind of adapted your career path based on where obviously with your relationship where that's kind of taken you. So is, is that, that's when you kind of started your own ventures and, kind of looked at ways that you could still do what you love with the areas that you were living in. Exactly. And I knew I always wanted to be a business owner mm. and this provided the perfect opportunity. Mm. There are not a lot of senior marketing positions in Toowoomba or there, there weren't 10 years ago. And so it felt like the right time to, to start the business. And so then what about becoming a mum for the first time? So your eldest is five, um, your experience with sort of deciding to start a family, expectations versus reality around all of that, how, how it was falling pregnant and being pregnant. Yeah, sure. So we, um, we planned to have a baby, which is, which is great. I don't have great pregnancies and I have even worse births, but mm. I have the best kids, hands down. <laughs> um, I get very, very bad morning sickness and it lasts until around 18 weeks. Um, so my first pregnancy ended in a miscarriage at eight weeks, which is very common, but still devastating. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, and then I discovered I was pregnant with my son at the same time that I discovered that the manager I hired was stealing from me. Um, so when I found out that my husband and I were being posted 4,000 kilometres away uh, to Darwin from Toowoomba, I paid the world's worst recruiter $5,000 to find me someone to run the show while I went to set up our Darwin home. Mm. But after only three weeks, I discovered that this new manager had been stealing all of my intellectual property 
and bad mouthing me to clients. Well, yeah, it turns out because I wasn't in town to keep things running, he was essentially planning to pick the bones out of my agency and use it to start his own. So that was a bit soul crushing, really. I can imagine. Yeah. And then by the time we were done with lawyers, I had lost half my business and all my staff. Mm. So that year I made six trips from Darwin to Toowoomba. And that is a four hour flight plus a two and a half hour drive all while pregnant. Mm. It was brutal. (laughs) Um, Very brutal. And then I worked right up until the few hours before Jimmy was born because I mean, truthfully, up until that day, my business was my one and only baby and I'd gotten so close to losing it. So I was determined that I could make motherhood and business ownership work. Um, But the day we brought James home, I knew something wasn't right with me and I was submerged in this icy postnatal anxiety that was such misery, I shudder even recalling it. Mm. Okay. Uh, oh, you're doing so well. You're very brave. <laughs> um, I guess I was so used to being in control, but no matter how many books I read or spreadsheets that I made, I really felt that motherhood was a test that I was failing. Mm. And I seriously did make sleep and feed routine spreadsheets from that contended little baby book because you know, <laughs> those really silly things with your first child. Mm. Um, but Jimmy was a wonderful baby and I did enjoy him despite the misery, the sadness and the terror that I felt during that whole time. He could make me smile and he could make me happy. Mm. And I did have a really good breastfeeding journey. He was breastfed for 14 months and then decided one day that was it and we were done. Mm. Um, And after four months of hell, I emerged from the dark cloud that had completely enveloped me and I started to feel a little bit like myself again. How did you get through to that? How did you get to the other side of that? Did you seek help? Um, I did talk about it with my maternal health nurse and with my GP. But Mm. honestly, what got me through was my mother's group in Darwin, who Mm. are still some of my closest friends today. Um, It was a mother's group called Early Birds. So you went for children who are eight weeks to 12 weeks and all first time mums. And I broke down in the first session. And from there, I just had these incredible first time mums checking in on me and dragging me out of my house and making me come down to the park and the playground. And it was, yeah, that amazing. Was what me yeah. Mm. And so what happened with, um, what did you do around work? So you had your business throughout all of that time. Yeah, I well. did. Yeah, I didn't stop working, but my business was in maintenance mode mm-hmm. until um, Jimmy was around six months. And then I took a more active role, but from home with, mm-hmm. with Jimmy with me. And my staff were amazing. They all, all female staff. We would take turns holding him. They were, you know, 
they would just go and change his nappy. They wouldn't even, you know, they would just not bat an eyelid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also convinced my best friend Lana to quit her job and come work with me. And it was the best decision ever because she is now my business partner and work wife. <laughs> so returning to work after the postnatal anxiety was, was really good because of my team. And so the business then, was that Adelo or that was the... It was a marketing agency called um, Regani. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a more traditional uh, style marketing agency. So we had the office in Queensland still with Mm -hmm. a manager who was amazing. And then we had the Darwin office and our clients were small business owners and we ran their marketing. Okay. Ideello is a sort of a, a new approach to that. Um, which is all online and we actually help other people run their marketing. So we don't run it for them. Okay. Um, we coach them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and when did that all, when did you start all of that up? Cause that's with the same work wife. Um, from, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to yeah. talk about that experience? Yeah, sure. So um, after five years in Darwin, Lana and I both received posting orders at around the same time. She was being posted to San Diego, California. Yep, I know, tough gig. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was being posted to Newcastle, New South Wales, which is where I am now. Okay. And um, I'd already had to set up an agency from scratch between Queensland and Northern Territory, and it's really hard going. You know, it takes two years to establish a client base and to win government contracts and to, you know, attract good staff. So um, I just can't keep doing that as a military wife. We move every two to three years. Mm. So then one Sunday afternoon, Lana uh, texted me and said, I've got this idea for um, a business that's a lot more portable, um, that allows us to do what we love. Um, We can share our gifts with the business community and yeah, it's this DIY um, marketing solution. So we create ready to implement marketing campaigns for small brands and professionals, and we coach them through to implementing that campaign for their brand. And that's all kinds of businesses. I know it's small, yeah. but yeah, any kind of business that they're operating, you provide that support. Absolutely. So we have over 15 different campaigns. So you log on, you find the campaign based on what your goals are. Um, so what your marketing objectives are, what your business goals are. And then um, you receive a downloadable campaign workbook with a step-by-step guide, plus virtual classroom sessions with Lana and I to coach you through adapting that campaign for your business. So if you can't afford to outsource your marketing, which a lot of people mm. can't do, and if you're, if you're a solopreneur or a home-based business, and um, you want to have a crack at DIYing your marketing, then we're here to support you and and help you do that. Fantastic. It's such a great initiative. Oh, thank you. What was it like then having your second baby and where did that fit into all of, were you in Newcastle or were you still in Darwin then? What was that process like deciding to have a second child? Obviously, had probably had another tough pregnancy as well, but just talk about that experience. Um, yeah, I um, 
we we planned Lila as well, and I was living in Darwin. Um, and since we're my family's in Melbourne and my husband's family are in Canberra, we have no family support around us. So I hired an au pair. Now, when I say this to people, L, one of two things happens. They are either very judgmental about hiring someone to look after your child, or they're really curious and they want in. Mm. Uh, so um, because my husband is away for long stints at a time, he was away for two months while I was pregnant with my daughter and I had really bad morning sickness. And then I also had a toddler and a business. Mm. Um, we, um, we had an au pair and we've actually hosted three amazing au pairs while the kids were young. And I really do consider those girls to be part of our family. If any one of them needed me right now, I would jump on a plane and mm. be by their side. So I think that that experience was really, really beautiful. Um, they, look, they took care of me as much as they took care of my kids in terms of just having that other person to chat with and go, oh, do you think he's got a temperature? Is that a temperature? Like, you know, mm -hmm. what do we do now? Is, so really just having that other person while my husband was away for quite a bit. Mm. It's funny. It's, yeah. It is, you're right, because I know that, um, and look, to be honest, before I had kids, I was probably guilty of being judgmental of it, of just not understanding it more than anything and more so thinking if people had au pairs, they were extremely wealthy and, you know, time poor maybe and all that kind of thing, just not really understanding it. And I remember I was pregnant with my eldest and I work in finance and, you know, a lot of working mums in finance because, you know, it's, it is a, usually um, generalising it is a, a higher income industry. Um, yeah. So a lot of women do choose to return to work because it can be, they can be major breadwinners for the family. So them not working is a huge impact. So a lot of women that I've met in my industry have all pairs. And I remember thinking, having a conversation with one of them one day and the cost is so much less than childcare, <laughs> even oh, part-time childcare. Yeah. And you know, the benefits that you get and that kind of thing. So I think the judgmental side of thing is just purely a lot of lack of actually understanding of what's involved. And at the end of the day, you choose your au pair, right? It's not like someone's just assigned to you and that's just how it is. You go through an interview process and figure out what's going to fit best for your family. A rigorous interview process. I mean, I'm a little bit um, over the top maybe, but I have an open manual and I had a list of questions and then we did at least two Skype interviews and then I did reference checks and still um, we had one au pair come and after two weeks she wasn't right and so she mm. was paid out for the week but she left immediately. Um, and really the au pair for us was more of a mother's helper role because I was working from home. So I was there. Mm. So um, I could, I was still the, I was still the mum, but there was just someone else there to help me prep dinner or put on a load of washing or um, do some mat time so that I could go and have a shower and have a, 
have a meeting. So it was a really beautiful experience for me. And I definitely think you shouldn't knock it until you try it. Mm. It's funny with what's happening. Well, I shouldn't say funny, but with what's happening now with so many people that are forced, like required to work from home if they can. And obviously schools closing down. I think it sounds so luxurious and just nice to, you know, I work from home with my kids and but the reality is it is bloody hard. Like we were talking before about the challenges that that poses. So I think a lot of people now that are doing it will be realising it's not as easy as it sounds if you're literally trying to do it on your own with, you know, with children at home. So I, um, I, would, say, I would say that if you are working from home with children at your feet, you're not really <laughs> multitasking. You're just pushing shite uphill. Mm. It's not, it's, um, yeah, it is very, very challenging, I think, to be trying to, um, well, for me now, homeschool at the same time as um, working and, like, figuring that out and planning the day is is really, really tricky, and especially because my, my son's only five. He doesn't understand that, oh, this is work time now for mum, mm. so I need to go and play. He's He just thinks, oh, he's at home with me now, so... I'm just there the whole day at, at fully system. accessible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you moved to Newcastle, had both with both your little ones, started up the business. Um, what happened with, what does your day kind of look like now prior to all of this with, um, with coronavirus happening? What's your sort of schedule with, for the week? So um, your littlest wouldn't be in school just yet. Do you want to just talk about the, just the general dynamics of how you get, do all the things that you're doing? Oh, sure. So before the virus, things were really good with Jimmy in prep and Lila in preschool four days a week. I would start most days with exercise. So going to the gym or yoga or tennis. I also intermittent fast six days a week. So I would have my first meal of the day around 11 and then I would work solidly on my own at in the house until it was time to go and pick up the kids um, and that was really good for me because I don't have any family support nearby here in Newcastle mm. but I do live in a defence estate so all of my neighbours are fellow military personnel and they are amazing so if I'm uh, in a jam they're really really happy to help so um, yeah I work at least four days a week on the business and um, yeah, it was pretty good before <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> and now things are not so great, mm. but it's only day three into homeschooling. And as I mentioned, doing the crisis comms is, is adding to my workload. Mm. Um, but I really don't want to complain because everyone's in the same boat and I'm just super lucky to be working. Yeah, absolutely. What did before all of this, so pre-corona, um, what did you find as being the biggest challenges with everything around, you know, work, mum, just general life balance, obviously with your husband being away a lot and things like that as well. And, you know, maybe things that you've tried to do to focus on yourself and your own self-care. Sure. Um, so exercise is a real priority for me. Um, even when work is busy, I make the time because I find it's just so important for my mental health, my physical health and my confidence. So being mm. in marketing, I do a lot of 
you know, Instagram stories and social media marketing and that, you know, that's a lot of me front and center. And um, I think it would be really hard to turn up to that and not, you know, feel good about myself. And so I do prioritize um, my physical and mental well-being for that. Um, and then work-life balance. I mean, when you work from home, it's really hard to switch off. Um, especially uh, when you're starting a business because right now where we're at with IDLO is we have a lot of momentum. So it feels like every day something exciting is happening. So you can feel really amped all the time. Mm. You know, there's a new collab opportunity or someone else wants to interview you or there's a press opportunity or, you know, you've just made a new sale and it just feels just so exciting. So you can be really like amped up um, and I find it really easy to just end up on social media all night <laughs> mm. um, so uh, hubby and I have come up with a bit of an arrangement that works pretty well I think um, we have dinner together pretty early like most people at like five thirty-six, and then we do the pack up and then I actually go and do another hour of work between 7 and 8 p.m. just because that's the peak time to be posting on social media and um, you know, generally during the day, I haven't managed to do everything that I wanted to do. Um, and then that gives him a, a bit of time to be one-on-one -on -one with the kids and they do puzzles and bedtime routine. And then from eight o'clock onwards, we have a Mia's phone must be in the bedroom policy <laughs> <laughs> to try to, um, yeah, because obviously once the phone starts beeping, I'm, I'm checked out and mm. that's not good for your marriage and it's not good for, um, your mental health to just be so constantly on. working mm. or on exactly mm. exactly it's um you've got to lay those ground rules down right and just to put your own rules um in place and just stick to them otherwise yeah I was self-employed before I started where I am now and exactly the same thing you just kind of always feel like you're just kind of on and you, I found I was always kind of half doing everything like never yeah. really fully properly invested and in focusing on one thing. This was just constantly trying to be everything to everyone. And in the end, it was just like, right, this period of time, once my husband got home from work, I'd be like, I'm upstairs. Please don't let the girls come up. I need to focus for two hours on getting, you know, all my stuff done because, and then once you do that, you can kind of come back down and, and put that good quality time into your kids and into your partner because, yeah, otherwise you're just floating around like, yeah half doing bits and pieces so absolutely that time without kids where you can really focus and and go into like deep work mm. is so much more productive than the shallow work where you're just trying to steal minutes yeah you're like oh, i'll just do this while i quickly go and do this and then on the way to the washing you've picked yeah. up oh, <laughs> but how much have you noticed how much um since you became a mum mia how much more productive you can be in such a shorter period of time oh yes mm. <laughs> and, and when I speak to friends who don't have kids I'm like so what did you do on the weekend they're like oh, not much Netflix and then we went out for brunch I'm like, oh my lord like the, the amount that I can cram into you know a six yeah. hour period is is you know, it's impressive. I think yeah. it's impressive. We should be proud. We should be proud. Oh my God. Totally agree. What about um, mum guilt? What are your thoughts? Do you get it? Do you rationalize it? What are your thoughts on it? 
um, so much mum guilt. Mm. Um, so I suck at mat time. I always have. I love building Lego and one of my favourite things to do with my kids is just to float off into imagination land with them. Um, as a creative, I find that really easy to do and just, you know, wander off into the um, childlike mind. But I'm so bad at giving my kids undivided attention for extended periods, exactly like what we've just said. Mm. Um, and to be honest, I don't think I give anything my undivided attention. It's just so like competing priorities at, at every, you know, every hour. Um, so I tend to get antsy in the pantsy while I'm playing with them and just get up and, you know, say, I'm just going to put on a load of washing or I'm just going to empty the dishwasher. And then I feel guilty because mm. all they want is for me to play with them. But I also don't know when the heck I'm supposed to do everything else. Mm. Yeah. So yes, tons and tons of mum guilt. <laughs> It sounds like you're very, um, a very organized and you've got your, you know, your, your rules and your process and everything kind of in place. Is there any other successes that you would want to share to kind of help other women listening on trying to balance it all on how it's helped you to just, yeah, balance everything that you've got going on? Yeah, sure. So we moved towards minimalism about two years ago and it has been an absolute game changer for us. Mm. Um, like most people, we were completely drowning in stuff and things. And my kids are the first grandchildren on both sides. And um, we're just spoiled rotten with just all sorts of toys, like games and toys and clothes and just, just so much stuff. Um, and I was really finding that tidying up was taking a really long time because the more things you have, the more things you have to put back mm -hmm. into place. And I was constantly losing things. So we watched the minimalism documentary on Netflix, which I highly recommend and decided with my husband that we were going to um, move towards minimalism. And over that time we have gotten rid of over half of our stuff wow. and we just have less clutter. Um, we have fewer clothes. We have much fewer toys and I just find it really calming now, especially when I open a cupboard and it's, half empty. And um, yeah, we're a bit unusual. We spend our weekends trying to get rid of more stuff on, you know, buy, swap, sell and Facebook marketplace rather than bringing more stuff into our home. So it's become, it's, it's given us something really fun to do. Like it's now really, we really look forward to that. Like how much more stuff can we get rid of? <laughs> how empty can our house be? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely becoming more prevalent. There's a lot of focus on that now. I think um, obviously Marie Kondo is one and there's a few other things. And I know a lady who runs like a simplifying motherhood course and it's all about minimalism. And it's interesting what you say about pack up time because that's been absolutely what has been killing me being at home with my two very little ones over this period of time. It's all this stuff that constantly putting away. And I think when there's so much there, it's overwhelming for their little minds as well. So they're kind yeah. of like what we were saying about what we're like as mums, we're kind of half doing everything. I think it's like that with them as well when they're playing with their toys because they're just kind of like, oh, what's this shiny thing? And, oh, hang on, this has caught my attention over here. And, you know, they're scattering all over the place because there's just so much there. It's um, 
it's a good way to put it that it's yeah what's having less is less to clean up and then it's just seems to be yeah, like you say more calming I need to adopt that at some stage yeah I look it I find that it really works for us we have um, we put all the board games and all the puzzles up in a cupboard and then we bring them down one at a time otherwise you end up with puzzle pieces from all sorts of different puzzles and different boxes and you end up with lego mixed in with the duplo and Mm. um yeah i i yeah it takes a bit of work to set up um but you just chip away at it we started Mm. just one room at a time yeah and we're like okay this week we're attacking the kitchen like when are we ever going to use those um, Asian soup spoons? Like, let's just get rid of those, you know. <laughs> we just don't need those. We can just use a regular spoon. So much yeah. rainy day stuff. All stuff yeah. for rainy days that never come about. What about yeah. any other um, key, based on your experience and everything, any other key pieces of advice you'd want to share for... Um, you know, aspiring mums, young mums listening that might want to, you know, start families in the future or anything specific um, that you've found that, yeah, from an advice or any part, words of wisdom that you'd want to impart on anyone listening today? Sure. Okay. So I have um, I thought about this. I have three pieces of advice. Um, one is that people constantly warn you not to employ your friends, but I call bullshit on that. Mm. If you've surrounded yourself in your personal life with like-minded people who are just as gutsy and as passionate as you are, people that you can trust, then I say, hell yeah. Um, No one is going to love your business as much as they do. So Mm. I think that that is um, definitely one of the best decisions I made was um, first hiring my best friend and now that we're business partners. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, around a home-based business, no one is going to take your home business seriously if you don't take it seriously. Um, so just because you work from home does not mean that you can, um, that it's okay to just accept that you're going to be working at home with kids. Um, you can't, that's, um, it's very, very difficult. So even though, well, before the virus, I was working from home, my kids were going to school and childcare. Mm-hmm. So working from home doesn't mean that, you know, suddenly all this magical time appears in your calendar. It just doesn't happen. And then I guess the third piece of advice is making sure that you keep the promises that you make to yourself. Um, the truth is, Elle, I'm not the smartest person or the most talented, but I think that where I do have a bit of an advantage over some other people is that I'm so disciplined. Mm. Um, I don't cut corners and I don't cheat myself. I don't find excuses why I don't go to the gym or why I can't do something. I'm very much a a very sort of thruster. I'm a thruster. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Good on you. That's awesome. I love that. That's fantastic. That's I think any anyone that has a business or is aspiring to have a business, that's perfect advice. What's, what's next? I mean, what's next for you and for your family? Like it, obviously there's a lot happening with, and you've got a lot of work pending with what's happening with coronavirus and everything, but where do you see things for the next past all of this in the next few years for you and for your family? Yeah. So we've got another two years in Newcastle and then we're going to be posted somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, not entirely sure where that is. So um, that's always in the back of my mind. Um, we have big, 
big ambitions for our baby business. Um, we see IDLO fast becoming a go-to resource sitting alongside the likes of Squarespace, Canva, MailChimp in a marketer's DIY toolkit. So we have big, big dreams for that business. Um, it's going to be bigger than just Lana and I. We are already starting to engage create creatives on a global scale to contribute marketing campaigns so um, that we have like a really big talent pool. Um, and yeah, I just really want um, for our purpose to be that we're able to give our small business customers the opportunity to do what they love and what they're skilled at. So that's really my, my purpose. Mm. And um, the fact that we run this business from home, it allows us to be more present for our children, which um, I don't take for granted. And so I'm really hoping that by providing this creative solution to other small businesses, you know, they are also going to have that time and that creative bandwidth to be able to focus on the things that they love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloody awesome. I love it. I really, I find it really inspiring your no excuses, disciplined um, approach to everything. I can just hear it in the way that you talk. I imagine you running a really tight, tight, no excuses no bullshit kind of approach to your business to your household to everything so I find that really inspirational to hear so thank you um thank you so much for coming on I know you're obviously really busy so I really appreciate you taking the time to come on today and I think heaps of people are going to get value in everything that you've said so it was lovely to meet you through (laughs) through this way and love and, and look forward to keeping connected with you and thank you so much for coming on today oh my pleasure Elle thank you so much for the opportunity My pleasure. Thank you to everyone listening. Um, This was episode 20. We'll talk to you all soon in the next episode. And I'll just finish off this episode with some motivation from my little baby girl, Ivy, who is three. Go. Go give mummy. Do it again. Go give mummy. Good job.